Blog Talk Radio. Here's the plan. We get the warhead and support for this podcast and the following one million dollars. Half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorable. Uh, they're bringing crime. Democrats are trying to rip our nation apart. You're now listening to the Million Mistakes Made Live podcast. Straightforward, no nonsense advice. Completely unfiltered. Now, here's your host, Maggie Clark. This is Million Mistakes Made Live. We are in the booth. Everybody is 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 in the booth. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from IBM. What kind of tech company does the world need today? One that helps you apply smart technologies at scale with purpose and expertise, not just for some. Thank you. 
Hey, yeah, my name is Melissa. Midland, Texas. Midland, Texas. No, it's not just the largest oil producing rig in the country. No, no, actually, world. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Sorry, I'm late. What's up? What's up? Man, this internet connection over here at this house is tripping me out, man. I'm sorry I'm late, guys, but I can't do nothing about the technical difficulties. I'm here. Better late than never. Yeah, everything's going good. Can you hear me? 
Hang on, man. I'm trying to get something done real quick, but hang on one second. Thank you. 
the plan. We get the warhead and support for this podcast and the following one million dollars. Half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorable. Uh, Our nation apart. You're now listening to the Million Mistakes Made Live. 
podcast. Straightforward, no nonsense advice. Completely unfiltered. Now, here's your host, Matthew Clark. This is Million Mistakes Made Live. Hey, what's going on, guys? There we go. I got him on line. Good deal. So, man, uh, thanks. This. Obviously, we are behind on a little unprepared day. Um, has to do with a lot of things. We're, we're moving and everything else going on. So I don't know what you got going on there, but I've been staying busy on that. So, um, I gave you a list of programs that, that are things people for the rent relief. Um, I've also got a new mobile app on the building that'll have the employment list and the housing list that we've got coming from uh, actually the probation department, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Which would be really good. Yeah, 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 that would be real good. Um, we've also done some research on our, our own end and found a whole slew of apartments that are taking people that have background. So I'll keep you all posted with that. There's obviously all of the jobs in Fort area, so if you are in the Fort area and you do need housing or employment, make sure you stay tuned in to the website because the, the mobile app will be up very shortly. Um, moving on, uh, Rico, I thought about some of the guests you got coming on. Uh, tell me about ESB and, and what he's got planned, you know, what he's talked to you about, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, I talked to ESB today, guys. Uh, he's a local here in Support for this work. podcast and the uh, following message comes from IBM. What kind of tech company does the world need today? One that helps you apply smart technologies at scale with purpose and expertise, not just for some. I need that over here at my house. My expertise on my internet. Anyways, guys, ESB, I got South Fort Worth area, originally from Pleasant Grove, Texas, uh, born and raised himself. Uh, he's an up newcomer. He's been on it for a while. He, just, he himself just got out of the feds not too long ago. Uh, he's trying to get back out here and uh, try to get, get 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 his voice heard on a lot of things that he's trying to do. Uh, spoke with him today. He's going to be on the show next Saturday uh, to talk with us and. Uh, he listened a little bit of what he has to say. He has a new uh, record dropping uh, as of next week, and I've got one of his songs that has not yet been heard, and we are going to be playing it here on last year's radio, uh, hopefully starting Monday. Uh, he's, uh, he's definitely got a lot of stuff on his mind to get out there, um, but the man is incredibly, incredibly talented. Um, all I've got to say is uh, after talking to him tonight, uh, there's a lot of things, not only for our radio station here, Matt, uh, but for himself as well. Uh, he's going to be a major supporter for us, uh, Matt, and uh, he's on board 120%. Hey, man, um, I've got a good idea for today's show. So we got two ladies here in the studio where I'm at, right? And uh, what we got, we talk about prison all the time. We talk about life, 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 life. Is 
because, like you said, we're just another number to them. Not only are we another number, we're an asset. We're making them money. We're bringing them in what they need in order for them to survive. All we are is slavery. You understand what I'm saying? Like you said, the whole spot, six to six. They got everybody working in the kitchen, and they're slaving us, and they're wanting us to do all this stuff. My whole thing about that is, and the disagreement on that is this. Other states are paying their inmates a dollar or two dollars an hour. They won't even give us so much as an incentive to go get something off the commissary for our, our, our uh, uh, basic needs for bath and, and shower and stuff like that. They won't even give us that. We have to dig at the bottom when everybody leaves to go home and throw their stuff off the side. That's what we use. You know, and it's not that they're overlooking it. They know what's going on. They know exactly what's happening, Matt, and you know this too. Yeah, well, the way that they actually bypass pet payments is they say that they give us good time to work time, which helps us to um, be eligible for parole sooner. So that's how they're able to bypass the fact that they don't have to pay us like other states do. Exactly. And that came from my, um, actually, I work class from TDC. Wow. Do you guys have the same type of job as the menu, like as far as we have we got a host squad? I mean, I know y'all got a host squad jobs. As far as I know, yes. Um, there's even women that work on the hog farms. Um, they slaughter, they, you know, basically herd and all that stuff. Uh, we have host squads. Uh, we have maintenance. We have uh, gator pits. We have um, laundry, seamstress, kitchens. Let's see, there's warden bosses. I think they run pretty exactly the same way as we do, man. Yeah, there's uh well on both sides we've got um well we want to go into that next to next time. Anyway. Uh, so big intro man, I know that we we start all talking about you know the opportunity to change when we get out and, and all that good stuff. But I wanna talk about changing before we go in. You know? And, and how do we prevent people from going in, period? Maybe that hasn't been for the first time, or maybe it's been, you know, they're going back for the second time, third time, I don't know. But how do we prevent people like us that are waiting to think it's bad, or just uh, tarnished, I guess you say, and how do we, what can we do, what kind of activities, what patterns can we put in our life in order to make um, a change for better, you know what I mean? It's really hard to do that. And, and I have a real tough time doing that still. But I'm going to listen to these guys going through. Well, the first step is acceptance and acknowledgement of any sort of character defects or potential triggers that may have reached. 90% of all crimes stem from an addiction, whether it's sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever is the need and want for that. Addiction, so they have to somehow make it happen, and whether that's stealing, prostituting, um, embezzling, whatever the case may be, they're going to get what they need. They need their fix. So essentially, you have to deal with what causes the addiction. That's the most important thing. Once you identify the root cause of the pain, anger, resentment, or whatever it is that's causing you to need something to numb and rid yourself of those feelings. Would you say that drugs are the primary Primary cause for everybody's incarceration? Well, 85% of all inmates have been a victim of a, either sexual, um, domestic violence, or abuse of some sort. So essentially, 85% of all the people in prison are broken in some way, 
shape, or form. And you feel like these people that are broken are getting the help they need? No, absolutely. No, no. They basically put you in there. Now, changes is actually a good class. I did take that. I'm and more like on the health-wise as far as medication, MHMR, you know, all that no. stuff. And you think they're getting the right attention that they need? Maybe a guy goes in there with, you know, four different types of schizophrenia, and he's on a prescription medicine. Are they giving them the same type of medicines as they, they would in the free world? No, are they, they taking them off the they give non-narcotic, generic, basically the essential or quote what they need. It's not even most of the time what people need to take. There was a girl that flatlined my yoga they were giving her the wrong seizure medicine and she was allergic to it. I mean, that's who does that? That's the medicine that gets you have your uh, psych meds and you first get there for 30 days. So if you truly need those meds, you're going to be batshit nuts. Wow. Okay, so the girl I hadn't been to uh, how did you how have you gone so long without knowing? Yeah. First of all, if you don't mind, can you just close the the ear of Bert? Uh not being any better. So we got thirty plus years on on not going for that's pretty good. Um I don't really think I know anybody like that. Um so how did you make it so long without knowing it? Um Honestly, I don't know. I stay hidden. I stay hidden. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I go places, but I kind of avoid talk because mm mm, I ain't doing it. Well, I mean, some of my hobbies is I draw, uh, music, go for walks. You know, um, I will go to work with my friend and help her out. Uh, anything, if it's illegal, I try to stay away from it because I'm sorry. I just don't do jail. I'm, mm, I won't, no. Yes. Everything. You think it's, it's just like it is on TV? Yeah. I mean, I've been to a county jail once or twice, but no. So, we I've got a guy coming on the show next week. Um, I'll probably do two episodes this week. We might, we might just shoot the next, uh, you know, next Saturday after after ESB. But we got Hustle Black. Okay, Hustle Black is, is Brandon Wright. Brandon Wright uh, is a good friend of mine growing up. He has his label. He's got his studio. And he also has a, uh, a business running, running like a hot shot in 18 looks, you know. Coming from nothing. I remember this guy, Hustle, a little bag of, you know, Pile in the corner, five, ten bags, whatever. 
And it was a big deal back then. And now, looking at him and how he's been so successful after he's been locked up a couple times, you know, he just learned, I guess he learned his lesson and just, he just went straight and narrow. He's got his family, which is extremely impressive. All of his children, you know, are, are very respectful and very good and well-behaved. They've all done very good their, their schooling. Um, he's got a successful 18-year business, and he's got a wife. He has a brand-new baby that I guess is pretty brand-new uh, from what I saw. And he's got his label. You know, he's doing music. He's out there. He just dropped. He's going to drop a new uh, album pretty shortly. And I guess that's what we're going to talk about here on the next show when he comes on. But uh, he's going to be a different feel. He's more of a... Real southern, southern country, country rap, man. It's pretty good, though. I've got a track, and I'll put it in your way, and let's take a look. See what you think. And that's, that's breaking out pretty good now these days. I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's definitely Texas. You know what I mean? Uh, we, our Texans have a very different feel when it comes to our hip-hop and our, our rock and roll. You know, we just got a very unique scene down in Dallas, down in Houston, and uh, it's just unlike anywhere else. So y'all make sure you stay tuned yeah, that. Go ahead. You mentioned the fact that he hasn't been out for quite some time. Uh, he is his father and I are our, our best friend, and uh, he's on the street uh, back in the day, too. Um, and I was talking to him today, and uh, he's been out now 18 years. He's been out 18 years clean and sober. And the thing about that kind of stuff, man, it really touches home. I wish I could, uh, you know. Find the strength sometimes to do that, man. There's a lot of things that goes on in someone's life like mine and, and everybody else's out there uh, on a day-to-day basis. Um, and when, when, you, when you, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, man. Um, it, it's it's hard to sit there and listen to an individual that's been been so successful in life. You know, eight years is a long time clean and sober. Um. And another ESB's dad, you know, he was my best friend. Man, he could do that. I know I can do it myself, man. Um, you know, my daughter had a baby shower yesterday, and I missed it. Uh, I had a lot of things going on yesterday. We're I'm trying to get moved from one city to another right now. And, uh, you know, to hear my daughter uh, tell me the things that she said, it kind of hurts, you know what I'm saying? Because an individual like us, we're not a mistake, and we're not just a problem or anything like that. It's just what happens in our life. You understand what I'm saying? It's an everyday thing. There's a battle for us every day. We're being denied. Uh, we're being looked upon and so forth and so on. But as an individual, listen to what you're saying with your friend there, how successful he's been. It just goes to show you that uh, anything's possible and anything can be done. Um, you know, myself, I've been kind of sick, and lately I've been uh, getting a little sick. I don't know if you can tell my voice is starting to go away, and there's nothing that I can do about that. And hopefully I can keep my voice for another two or three months with you, Matt. Um, yeah, I'm fighting every day to keep this voice going. I wish there was a way or technology to figure out a way to figure out what the heck is wrong with my voice. But uh, if I had to, I can do sign language, you know, back with it. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, man, I love listening to these success stories, man. And hats off to you girls too, man. Um, I, I just, I just think, Matt, that uh, the things that you're doing with these people are awesome. Um, however much longer I've got to speak with y'all, that's that's neither here nor there. But just to hear the success stories, it can be done, y'all. All y'all that are listening out there, that y'all don't think that there's a way that it can be, yes, there is, man. Y'all got to stop and think. Take a breath and sit down for a minute, man, and just listen to what's going on around you. It's there. 
Lots of stuff. So I'm finding a pattern that I'm hearing today, man, and I, I guess this is where I'm going I'm to kind of guide this, this conversation a little bit. Uh, I'm hearing children about it a lot today. So this is the right. third time I've heard children. So, you know, I have children. I don't know how many kids y'all have. Um, I have five that are in the house, um, four with one woman and one with another. And I don't have a very good relationship with my kids. And I know that that was a real turning point in my life, having to go through removal of the kids. And, you know, that's one thing that I really frown upon is people that use Child Protective Service or Family and Child Protective as a weapon against their significant other or ex-significant other just to be spiteful. Right. Because they don't realize the kind of damage, the damage that shit does to a household, to someone's mind, and they're never the same after that. I wish they never existed. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's like a turning point in their mentality that they, their only goal usually, and this is just a majority of them, me included, was to go get as, as fucked up as I could and just forget everything. And usually we would go to extreme measures just because we were in that big of depression or that, that much hurt, whatever. Um, it's really a tough thing to go through. And, and I really feel for the families that have a split up household right now, um, dad or mother locked up, and the one parent outside. Because really when one, per- when one person gets locked up, they're all locked up. They all feel it. From all areas. And I don't think that that's been looked at in the courts. I don't think it's been looked at in a government setting. I don't think it's been looked at in any kind of program setting of this is what we're doing to our youth. This is what we're doing to our next heirs that are coming up. We're destroying them from the inside out at early ages. Well, yeah, I mean, look at these, look at these mothers that are incarcerated, Matt. Uh, these yeah. mothers that are being incarcerated right now who have spent day in, day out with our children, and us as fathers going out there and bust our butts to provide the, the income for our children to keep them clothed and keep them fed. These mothers that spend day in, day out, go to school, pick up their kids, get them dressed in the morning, get them fed, get them off where they got to go, and then they get incarcerated, and then all of a sudden that child's like, what do we do? It's like somebody erased the line of the road they were following, but nobody cares. Call CPS. Let's get CPS involved. You know, and let's just help the family. The family don't need no kids. You know, they don't understand what kind of damage that does to the woman that gets incarcerated. They've got to go sit there in that cell and think about their kids, man. That alone is. Hey, you know, I I've, I've dealt with child protection twice. And both times, it's been different. So I want to get y'all opinion on this. So the first time I went to child protection, it was a war against us. We were the bad guys. We were no, there was no getting, doing anything right. I mean, we went through the program. We didn't fail the drug test. We did everything to the team. And still, at the end of the day, they weren't trying to hear it. I don't know if it's just we were too young, whatever. But they weren't trying to hear it. So when they said the reunification of the family and stuff like that, I, I call bullshit on it. But at the same time, this time that I went through it, 
the second time I went through it, it was because we had that past, you know, case, they automatically could have been another case for that when they born. But it seems like it's been a little bit more lax for better words. You know, they they've not been really down really down our road as far as do this, do this, do this, do this, overloading you with so much crap that you can't do anything. And it really looks like they're starting to change into a more reunification program thing. Uh, I don't know, have you ever been through anything like that? Any of y'all, whoever's on the call, I don't know who's been all through that. I know I've been there twice. Uh, have any of y'all got any opinions on Twitter? You know, what do you think? I mean, currently I'm going through it myself, and um, my CPS worker just is waiting for me to get my own place and a job, and I want my son back. Um, I've done everything I'm supposed to above and beyond, therefore, there's no reason not to see my son back. A lot of it is based on who your CPS worker is. If they are for you and they click with you as far as in a good way, it makes it a lot easier. If they're not happy to what would they need to do in order to better prepare themselves for the next year, year and a half in CPS? One, stay on top of every bit of your um, appointments and keep documentation of everything. Next is um, communication. Always let them know what's going on. If you don't understand something, make sure that they have a text message or an email sent to them. There where you have documentation stating you did anything on your part. So that there's no reason for them to say, well, you didn't do this, you failed to do this, and make yourself look bad. I think one big important part of what we're this whole thing is we need to surround ourselves with positive people, with people that are on the same mind track and that as somebody that's going to be successful, you know, because you can have the idea in your head that you're going to do good and you're going to do this. I know everybody's been in jail and did that. Well, the, the last week out, they're like, oh, I got plans for this, 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 this. And it's going to happen. But who's really setting herself up as a leader by putting yourself in a very few. So, when a CPS worker comes to your door, should we even open it? I don't know. I can't answer that. I would say no. I would say try to keep them out of your out of your hair as much as possible. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. What, I don't know my opinion on stuff like that. But I'm very biased. I, I just feel like they it's a program that's a very wasteful program. They've got college people straight out of a school that, that go around and they're not a lot of talent. And if you've got a felony and you've got a child and you've got child care, you're going to, you are going to be in control. You know what I mean? You're going to take the path into consideration. And that's not very fair. I don't, I don't think that's right for them to do that. And it's very hurting to the families. And then that causes you to screw up and go back to prison. That's not my idea. Anyway, everything causes me to screw up. I agree with that. <laughs> you know, and that's and that's another thing too, you know. These mothers around around holiday times, I've been watching on the internet and stuff. They be putting these uh, so-called uh, uh, real life reality situations on there, where these mothers go out. For instance, let me give you an example. A mother goes to Walmart and asks them to ask the uh, customer service if they can help with food or something because they don't have the means necessary to provide a proper meal for the holiday. Okay? They deny them. They say, "No, we can't do that. That's something we don't do here." 
First of all and foremost, Walmart's supposed to be a family-oriented business. It's a multi-billion-dollar industry. Sam Walton created it right there in Bentonville, Arkansas. And to see them being denied with all this food that they got over there that they're fixing to throw away in the back, it, it, it really it tears me up to see that the fact that they're turning this people away and throwing this food away. But yet this mother's going to go back in there and get a rubber make tub and fill it up with food, fill it up with hygiene, and run out the store with it and provide for her kids because that's what they need. They don't have anything else to do with it. No money, no nothing to get this stuff. But yet they're going to stop her outside and arrest her for shoplifting. There's got to be something done about this, man, because here's the deal. To turn away somebody puts the person into a bad depression stage because now they feel like they've failed their children. And not only have they failed their children, but they failed their family. <laughs> and that right there in itself, to me, is backwards. It's constant. It just does not make any sense whatsoever. Yes, we have food banks that are out there, but they're only allowed to give a certain amount of food per person, per family. And sometimes the food that they give is not even enough for them to stay afloat for a day or two. So when these women go out there and do what they do, provide for their family because they're short chains or whatever it is, or maybe a single mother. They get in trouble for it, and now their kids are in CPS custody because their mother tried to help provide food and put it in their belly so they wouldn't go starving. How can that – that right there in itself to me is so ill-mannered because, you know, and, and the Bible talks about providing and giving, you know. And if we are as a, a, a people group in here in America supposed to help each other, how is that helping somebody when you sit there and you watch them go out to the store with a rubbermaid tub full of food and hygiene? It's not like they're running out of there with electronics and televisions and, and, and all that right. easy stuff to get to go sell for whatever habit they have. They're leaving the store with food for their kids, man. Who's going to put a stop to that? Why are we so worried about this woman who just filled up a rubbermaid tub and put her on the Internet as a reality show? You know? That that's horrible, man. That's not even even humanely right. Here's a question I'm very curious about. So, ladies, are either one of y'all married or have been married before? And has that significant other just disappeared, God for I've, I've never been married. So, what about you? Um, was that you? Were you been married? Nope, nope never been married. Never, you ever have a daughter that's gone to jail? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. What I'm curious about is what was the first laptop that's been you realized that you had a phone call and you your boyfriend or whatever, and how do you prepare for the next couple of years that you're going to be doing with him walking by the way? What does that do to y'all? I mean, I mean kinda, it kind of, like, it fucks with your head, really. I did that with my ex, but we were a combined family. He had three young ones, and I had three young ones. So we were six kids deep, and so I had to, you know, buckle up, buckle up, and get my shit together. How do you prepare for that? What, what should you prepare? What do you do in order to get ready for that? Well, I mean, when it's thrown at you, like blindsided, how can you prepare? 
in the same same position. Because right now, I said we're at 77 percent. People get locked right back up after they get out. So those 77 percent on the other side, you know, that are in the free world, I wonder what's going on there, Bob. They're probably scared. They're probably out there. You know, I mean, I mean yeah, 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 like well, I mean, when my old man just went back to jail, you know, I lost me homeless too much. Um, and I had to figure something out. I'm still trying to figure something out, to be honest. Like, if it wasn't for our friends, I'd probably be on the street right now. And I'm still trying to get my shit together, find a job. So what advice would you give to a woman that's Probably about to go through that. I mean, I mean, not, not, don't depend on a man. Don't, don't I mean, yes, but, but always be prepared. You never, never know what tomorrow's going to bring. Because, like, like, I don't, I don't I say, I, I mean, I'm going to one day on top. And you're behind a thousand dollars. What goes on in your mind for a second? So how do you get money? Family, friends. See if I can borrow money. This is wild. Or, or get loans or, or something. Do okay. something. I think there are grand and the parents that I'm now just on, on the way our thinking is. Because we are night and day as far as. My first thought is I'm going out and I'm trying to do something. Yeah, not me. Not me at all. I honestly, the only thing, thing I do is like, just put something in Walmart. That's the worst I've ever done. You know, you know. It's, a, it's a ninja. That's it. Like, I've never really seen anything. That's one person is in that desperate mode where they're out on the street and they've gone through that kind of predicament once before. It's very easy to do it again. And it just becomes easier and right. easier. It doesn't matter so much you don't want to do it. Yep. But it becomes a habit and a behavioral habit. And then yeah. it becomes a habit. I mean, I I've gone through it once before. But, but I also had this amazing, amazing woman at my back. back. And she, she didn't know me at, at all. At all. Supposedly, very important. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's been with me on the hotel room for three weeks. And, and that. Well, that's a blessing. Uh, in addition to the um, housing and employment and all that stuff, look at something. We even look at something for women as well. Something that helps women when their man gets locked up. I don't know, like, get back on track. That, that's a tough thing. Especially when you got the whole household, the whole family, the kids, the bills, everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it's like when you move to a new place, you don't have nothing. You don't know. Really? They're not going to be really there. No. Because they don't know you. They know you're together, but they don't know who you are. How are they going to trust you? That'd be another problem. I like That's a big problem on the girl's side. I want to look into that result and see what we can come up with. Let's put our heads together. We'll brainstorm a little bit. Uh, let's see. So we're going to go a little bit. Uh, they've got very different opinions, very different views on, on their outlook of life than we do. 
Let's go to the men's side now. So let's say a woman gets locked up. Repo, what, what's the first thing that goes to your mind? Your woman just got locked up and she's facing five years. What's going on in your thoughts? Well, right off the rip, I'm going to think about uh, what am I going to do with my children, first of all, and foremost, because those are the most important things uh, in a situation like that. That way you don't have to come across CPS or any type of legal situation. I want to know that I'm going to be able to take care of my kids. Uh, what am I going to do about the bills? Because if she had a job before she went down, and that was a second income, you just lost that income. Um, and that's really important because if, if she has been your backbone through most of your, your marriage or your relationship and all of a sudden it's been ripped away just like when a man goes to jail, that becomes a process of going, okay, my, oh, my God, what do I do? Do I panic or do I stay calm and take the next step? And a lot of people don't stay calm. They stay panic. Um, I know when my first wife went to jail, um, we didn't have any kids but her son, and he was already in CPS custody. But I still had bills that I had to pay. So when she got uh, arrested, uh, I sat there and think for myself and calm down and, and gather my thoughts. What step do I take first? Um, if you can't keep yourself calm, just like in an emergency situation, uh, uh, when somebody cuts their arm off or something, if you can't stay calm and gather your thoughts, you, you'll lose it. And panic sets in. Um, so my whole idea with that one, if I was to lose my significant other, I don't think I would panic. I just have to sit there and figure out how I need to uh, overcome that, that lost weight and take care of her as well while she's incarcerated. So I'm looking, on, I'm looking at programs um, that kind of assist in this, and I'm seeing that uh, there's a financial assistance program for women. Uh, it basically is just the loans for single mothers, uh, children's health insurance programs for single mothers, grants for single moms with no health insurance, uh, benefits, food stamps, all that good stuff. Even paying the telephone bills and debt consolidation, all that good stuff. Um, but I want to find, I want to find something here based on Texas. Let me see if I find something. Well, you know, right now they got the Texas Relief Program. What do you call it? They got that Texas relief program going on right now where if you're behind on your rent or, or your electric bills or something like that, if you've been behind due to the COVID, uh, or even if you've lost a loved one or whatever tragic situation has happened at this point in your life and in the past, the uh, Texas relief program will help you catch up with your rent, uh, catch up with your bills and stuff like that. All you have to do is go to uh, texasorg.com, and uh, uh, you'll see a link there, and you'll apply they'll help pay your bills up to this point, completely up to this point, where you have zero uh, zero owed. I think it's a really good deal. Of course, Texas got a lot of money like that, and they're trying to find a place to put it. Uh, I suggest whoever lives in the state of Texas try that. If you're already on and you're receiving some type of uh, uh, state or government uh, benefits, you're automatically, listen, you're automatically approved. You don't have to go through the process of filling out the application or anything. If you have SNAP, if you have WIC, if you have any kind of government assistance, you're automatically approved. They will pay and catch up all your utilities and your rent, no matter how far behind you are. And I believe they pay that up for 15 months uh, in the rear, and they keep going with you uh, into the future. Uh, so I guess they run out of uh, the funding. And there's another program that uh, was just dropped on my desk. It's the Tory program. It's a woman program to help with housing, jobs, education, everything. Uh, it stands for the Texas Offender Reentry Initiative. So this is part wow. of the reentry program, but women never heard of this program before. So this is something they do not talk about with men. 
Um, so this is a Dallas-based program. And let's see if I can get the phone number for you. Let's contact. So this looks like a pretty good deal right here. Maybe just about everything. Basically, if you want to be something that at least they can go to as well, and something happens in an emergency situation, or just a single parent, you know, and they get all the bombs dropped on them, right? What do you do, you know? And this is where you go. Right. You, you dial one of these numbers and you ask them for help. And these are the people that will help you. You know, they'll get you out of that hole. They'll get you at least keep you afloat. <laughs> that's the thing. That's, that's the, uh, the big thing is just making sure that you have the right connections. That's what we're trying to make sure you guys have. Uh, Okay, so you got phone number 214-941-1325. It is a TDJ-based program. So I've got the email address that they are doing is Tori, T-O-R-I, at TDJ.org. That is a PO Box 43. So that's a good program to check out. Anything else, we'll have it up on the website shortly. I've got some programming to do, some more stuff to do with these servers. So it'll it, be a minute, but I'll have them up within at least a couple of weeks. It's rocking and rolling again with uh, the full list of new plugins and housing that you guys can check it out. It's in on lastchanceradio.com, as well as namethingsmadeshow.com. So we've got some new platforms that we do, and uh, y'all just stay tuned. We're going to put up a forum board so you guys can keep up with the news and the changes that we're doing. And as always, make sure you check out our, our radio show, Monday through Friday. Uh, repo should be starting with us in the morning here come Monday, uh, full blown. So y'all don't want to that. Yeah. All right. Any last words? Anybody else? All right. Uh, no. Let's call a wrap. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.